This reading is from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in a boat with the hired men and followed him. This reading is from Psalm 27, verses 1 to 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, has anyone here ever been fishing? Okay, well, um, did you enjoy it? No. Got a few no's, a few yeses, good. Well, I'm sure at some point when I was younger, I was dragged along with my dad to go fishing because that's what he enjoyed to do. He, um, He liked to go along and sit by a murky bit of water with a little fishing rod and try and catch a fish. But I never used to really enjoy it. I used to think it was really quite dull and boring, so I only ever went once or twice. But you see, I don't understand, or I didn't back then, why grown adults would find it interesting to sit and try and catch a little fish that they would get with a sharp hook, drag it out, only to have to put it back in again afterwards and exaggerate how big it was later on. But I also think I'd have panicked if I would have caught something. What on earth would you do with a fish when it's wriggling around? They're not very nice. But today's passage is about fishermen, but not obviously that kind of fisherman. 
There were two pairs of brothers going about their ordinary everyday business. And that everyday business was fishing. Then their whole world completely changed. They were called by Jesus to follow him. And whilst attending to the tasks of casting out their nets and mending their nets, they were invited by Jesus to leave it all and to go with him. We don't know whether they'd met him before or heard of him, but they were invited to leave what they were doing and pursue a new direction in life. And we're struck more by their response than the invitation itself. They left their nets, their boats, their father respectively, and they followed him immediately. Some people suggest that this kind of response was not uncommon for the time. Young men wouldn't hesitate to stop and think about what they were doing and leave everything to follow someone to be tutored by a rabbi. And that could explain why Zebedee wasn't really concerned why his sons were leaving them or about where they were going either. Jesus was a rabbi and he called these fishermen to follow him and he came to call followers. The fact that Jesus chose followers isn't really different. Every significant teacher of their age have followers or disciples. John the Baptist had followers. Plato and Aristotle had followers. Gandhi had followers. Mother Teresa had followers. But what's amazing is the way that Jesus went about choosing them. Someone like Lord Alan Sugar on The Apprentice would cringe at Jesus' methods and choices. Did he go to Jerusalem and pick the brightest and the best of the religious scene? Did he look for demonstrated expertise in religious things? Did he consult with the chief organisers of the day? Did he do any of that? I don't think so. How about some fishermen? I'm kidding, right? Why would you choose fishermen or tax collectors or whoever else he chose for that matter? It just goes against common sense. They're not the brightest. They're not the best. They're not religious in any way. But if you think about it, it's an absolutely amazing thing. God is interested in reaching the ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill, average, regular people. Had Jesus only recruited the most religious, holy, pious people of the time, most of us, no offence, would be left out. We'd get the impression that genuine faith was only for the select few. So here's the main point of that entire passage. If Jesus can use a fisherman, and in those days fishermen were quite rough, then he can use you and me too. But we'll get back to that in a minute or two. But I think the fact that Jesus called those first disciples, and he calls all of us, no matter who we are, whatever we do or don't do, to follow him. I think that's really, really amazing. We don't have to look or dress a certain way. We don't have to have a certain level of education. We don't have to have the best job in the world or reckon to be someone to follow Jesus. But not just to follow Jesus, but to leave everything to follow him. To completely change our priorities in life around to leave the things that we're so used to, the things that we're familiar with, to leave the things we're comfortable doing and the things we've decided to do so far, to leave everything and to follow him. 
leave everything and go places we're not familiar with, to step outside our comfort zones, to go wherever Jesus leads us. And following Jesus is great, but what does that mean in reality? How do we put that into practice? You see, for many of us here this morning, you'll have been following Jesus faithfully for years, years and years. And you'll know that to follow Jesus means to every day make the choice to leave your nets and follow him. Every day we have a choice to be people who truly follow Jesus in the decisions we make, in the things we do and say, to follow him, to be more like him or not. You see, when a rabbi called someone to follow them, they would teach them everything they knew. They would, um, they would be their disciple and the disciple, would, the disciple would follow them and try and be more and more like the rabbi that they were following. And for the disciples to become like Jesus, they had to change. We already know that they had to leave their old lives behind them and follow him. They had to start afresh with Jesus. And they were ready to do that because they saw something in Jesus that they wanted. They wanted to be more like him. I wonder, have we seen something in Jesus that we want to be more like? Are we ready to change in order for that to happen? But there's two parts to what Jesus said. He said, follow me, and they did that. But he said, and I will make you fishers of men. Now there's a a parable that I've heard, and I really like it, like a little analogy, and I apologise if I've used it before, but here we go. And it's about something called the Fisherman's Fellowship. It goes like this. It was good to be a member of the Fisherman's Fellowship. There were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lake filled with fish, and the fish were hungry. Week after week, these fishermen gathered in meetings and talked about their call to fish. They talked about the abundance of fish and about how they could go about fishing. And they got really excited. Relentlessly, they searched for new and better methods um, to fish and new and better me- uh, definitions of fishing. They went to nationwide and worldwide conferences to discuss fishing and promote fishing and hear about all the different techniques of fishing. And these fishermen built large and beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. They were magnificent and always kept to the highest standard. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and every fisherman should fish. One thing they did not do, however, was fish. They got together and formed a small group of them to send out fishermen to other places where there were many fish. The group comprised of those with great vision and courage to speak about fishing, to define fishing and to promote the idea in faraway places. The group hired staff and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing. And they decided what streams should be sought out. But the group members themselves did not fish. Expensive training centres were built to teach fishermen how to fish. Uh, Those who taught had doctorates in fishology. However, the teachers did not fish. They only taught about fishing, and year after year, graduates would go into full-time fishing to distant waters filled with fish. 
Many who felt the call to be a fisherman responded and were sent to fish, and they would visit the headquarters from time to time to tell about their wild stories and their great experiences and the different ways in which they had been fishing. Others felt their job was to relate to fish in a way so that the fish might know the difference between good and bad fishermen. One stirring meeting afterwards uh, on the necessity of fishing, a new member left the meeting and went fishing. And the next day he reported that he'd caught two outstanding fish. They were this big. And he was honoured for his excellent catch. He was scheduled to visit as many different fishermen headquarters as possible and speak about it. So he quit fishing in order to tell people about fishing. Now it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. Some lived near the water and had to contend with the smell of dead fish every day. Some were ridiculed and made fun of by other fishermen's clubs and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen. They wondered about those who felt it was of little use to attend weekly meetings to talk about fishing. Imagine how hurt they were when one day a person suggested that those who didn't catch fish were not really fishermen, no matter how much they claimed to be. Yet it did sound correct. If a person is a fisherman, and year after year he never is a person a fisherman, if year after year he never catches a fish. I hope the comparison there is obvious. So often the church is like the fisherman's fellowship. A lot of talk and not a lot of action. But here's the thing. Jesus said, follow me. But he didn't leave it there. He finished it off by saying, and I will make you fishers of men. I think most people, whether they go to church or not, will have heard that at some point in their lives. Part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus is to be a fisher of men. It is to reach out to other people. Jesus said, follow me, but his statement didn't end there. He wanted the sons of Zebedee to keep on fishing. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. To follow Jesus is not to simply be passively caught in the net ourselves. To follow Jesus is to fish. Follow me and I will bring you into the net. Well, no, Jesus said, follow me and I will let you drag the net. I will let you cast the net, mend the net, care for the net. Follow me and I will take you out into deep waters, up to your heads, amidst all sorts of mess and difficulties. Follow me and I may let you struggle against the current. Follow me and I will let you fish for people. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will teach you how to tell people about the good news I bring through your words and through your actions. You see, we can't assume that our lifestyle is enough. It is a good part of it. As St. Francis of Assisi is noted to have said, whether it was him or not, preach the gospel and, if necessary, use words. And that's all well and good, and that's got a lot of um, truth to it. But we need to tell people what we're about as well. And we make excuses, like the excuses we were talking about earlier. We don't like talking to people about what or rather who we believe in, do we? They might reject us. We tell ourselves we're not very good at that sort of thing. And quite frankly, we're a little bit scared of doing it, to be honest. Quite often, we think we can only tell people about Jesus if we go on some sort of mission and do some sort of faraway project. But there's no point in wishing we were somewhere else, in a different place, in a different time. 
Because we're here and we're around now. We're here in this time and in this place, and it's here and now that we're called to be fishers of men. And you know, the New Testament image of fishing is of a great net. It's not the kind of fishing that we think of these days, or at least not the kind of fishing that I think of with someone sitting with a single rod by a reservoir, knowing full well they're not going to catch anything. It's not that kind of fishing. The kind of fishing here is where they throw out a huge net and they bring in whatever they find. They're not selective or particular. They simply chuck out the nets and see what comes. And of course, our fishing, that net, it's not designed to trap people against their will. Rather, it's designed to attract people into the presence of God. I wonder though, is God more concerned about us catching fish or the action of fishing? Well, let's remind ourselves that God is responsible for the catching. We simply need to go out and cast out the nets. Our job is to be faithful in the fishing. To a fisherman, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. At the point well, the point is that you and I are meant to become part of God's amazing plan to bring light to a dark world, whoever we are and wherever we happen to be. You're meant to be part of God's um, light, plan to bring light and meaning. We're meant to make a difference in the world where we are. In fact, Jesus needs us where we are. Fishermen will reach fishermen. Teachers will reach teachers. Bus drivers might reach bus drivers. Businessmen reach businessmen, and mums and dads will reach their families. And so it goes on. Whatever it is you do day by day, wherever it is you find yourself, you can bring God's light and love into a situation. How good is it that you were designed to bring the light of God into a corner of the world that only you might possibly reach? Somewhere, sometime, someday... You will come across that person that no one else in all of God's creation could reach with the light of God. Are you ready to follow Jesus? And by follow him, leave your nets. Leave your own agenda. Leave everything you know and love to follow wherever he leads you. However hard that can be. And even when things go wrong and it gets really tough. Can you follow him and not look back? Can you open yourselves up to learn more and more about him every day and be prepared to change, to be more and more like him? As followers, that's what we should do. And let's never forget, we're not called to a cosy existence. We're not called to just follow him, however big of a thing that is in itself. But there's a whole other part to that call. We're called to follow him and we're called to fish. We're called to share the good news of the new life in Jesus that we have with whoever we come into contact with every day. We're called to share the message with those around us, however scary that might be. We're called to share the light of Jesus in a dark world. And I hope and pray that every single one of us here this morning gets a chance to go fishing, to go often, and to catch lots and lots of fish. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you have called every single one of us to follow you. We thank you that you've made us all differently and that to each one of us you've given different talents and abilities. 
Lord, we give you those talents and abilities and we ask you to use us to make a difference for you. We know we can't do anything in our own strength and you're not asking us to. Lord, help us to rely on you and help us to be open to the opportunities that we might come across to share your love with the people around us. Amen.